Hey, it's Nick Walters again with the National Hemp Growers Cooperatives podcast, the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest. So we are glad to have you uh, back yet again to uh, share some time with us as we talk to people who are influencers and leaders uh, within the industrial hemp industry, uh, particularly headquartered here in the United States. And today we have not let you down because we are continuing our quality of, uh, of, of, of folks that we're talking to and interviewing with. And Patrick Van Meter is here with Midwest Natural Fiber, uh, which is headquartered in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, uh, Patrick, welcome. We're tickled to death to have you. Thank you so much, Nick. It's really great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And and um, uh, not only are you headquartered there in Missouri, but you also, uh, I can say Missouri. Can I, can sure. I say that? All right. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's the way I say it. All right. That's, <laughs> I had an uncle from there, and that's the way he always said it. And so that's how I know. That's yeah, how I'm dep- really depends where you are in the state. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um so, uh, uh, but you've got a facility that is <clears throat> coming online down in the Boot Hill, down in Southeast Missouri in Sykeston. And um, I'm pleased to say that I have been there and toured it and it's a real live thing. It's not just a yeah. concept, it's really moving That's right. on. So That's right. Patrick, man, um, tell us a little bit about your background, if you will, and, and sure. kind of how you got into this uh, world a little bit. And also tell us about your hemp aha moment. We'd love to okay. be, you know, kind of when the light bulb came on for you. Perfect, yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically my background is, um, I've been around agriculture my whole life because my family has a thousand acre century farm in Higginsville, Missouri. And uh, I've managed that land for the last 20 years. And um, with that, I've always been looking for uh, new and innovative things that we could incorporate into the farm to, um, to advance things beyond just the same three crops, corn, soybeans, wheat, corn, soybeans, wheat. And I've looked at all kinds of um, interesting ideas that uh, sounded great, but when we kind of fleshed it out, it just didn't really make sense or it was going to be too hard to get moving. And so um, while managing this land, I was actually, I've been living in Chicago for you know, since graduation from University of Missouri. And uh, most of my career was spent in business development in the in the medical field. Um, a lot of time with uh, startups and work for a couple physician-owned companies out of the Chicagoland area. Um, had some great experiences there. And on this, and I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. So I've been working on different business ideas kind of in concert with the day job. And actually it was when medical cannabis got introduced in 2014 in Illinois that at the time I thought, well, this is interesting. This might be something that I could bring back to Missouri when Missouri comes online 
with um, a program. I thought it was something that might make sense for my farm. And that was a misguided thought because really what you need for that is the warehouse and, um, you know, retail shop, not acres and acres and acres. But anyhow, I really love the concept of medical cannabis and I've seen firsthand how it can be a fantastic alternative to um, traditional medicine. Um, I've seen it do wonders actually for family members um, who have been suffering from some really debilitating illness where nothing really worked or, um, you know, the, 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 the patient had been treated with painkillers and narcotics that were just destroying the quality of life. Mm. Uh, and then switching to medical cannabis made just a world of improvement. And so, um, Having gotten involved in that space, I uh, applied for and won a dispensary in Illinois. And then um, I knew that was a highly competitive process. And so having gone through that and won, I knew that we had a pretty good application and I had a pretty good team of people that I was working with. And so what we did was we basically took that application and the network that I had formed in the space and brought that to the next several states that came online. And so with that, um, we applied for and won a dispensary in Maryland, in Annapolis, just outside Baltimore, and then um, got a operation started in Michigan. Uh, and then it was when Pennsylvania came online that they had a industrial hemp research program that preceded their medical cannabis program. And I thought at the time, I just, I thought, Hey, we should apply for this and get to know the department of ag folks. And, you know, it just sounded like an interesting concept, but I knew nothing about hemp at the time. And so I thought I should, you know, read up on it and get prepared to apply. And as I started to research and study industrial hemp, my mind was just blown. I actually was, I, I read um, Doug Fine's book, Hemp Bound. And as I started to understand um, just the plethora of applications and all of the benefits that hemp has to our soil, to our climate, to our um, ag communities with value added agriculture, the, the manufacturing opportunities that can be presented by any of the 25,000 plus applications for the product. My mind was just blown. And um, unlike the medical cannabis space, um, industrial hemp was something that would be immediately applicable for my farm back in Missouri. And so it was really from that moment forward, I think that was 2017 that, um, I just became completely obsessed with industrial hemp and what it could do for uh, the state of Missouri. And um, from that began working more kind of on an advocacy level, traveling back to Missouri, spending a lot of time in Jefferson city, talking to politicians, um, trying to understand why it was illegal in Missouri to grow and what could be done to help educate uh, people on what industrial hemp truly was and all the benefits it could bring to the state of Missouri. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I went to the University of Missouri. And so um, 
I started talking to folks in the ag department and I knew these people anyway, because mm. working in living in Illinois and Chicago, Illinois, managing a farm in Higginsville, Missouri, I had to find a way to stay uh, current and up to speed with everything happening on the ground in Missouri um, so that I could effectively manage that land. And so I was spending a lot of time over the past several years talking with the ag department. Um, so I knew these folks anyway, and I started talking to them about, um, industrial hemp and, uh, they were really, really interested in the topic, but didn't know much about it. And so with that began doing some variety trials with them, uh, under the, the 2014 farm bill and then the 2018 farm bill. Um, it was legal to do uh, basically very limited research work with him. And sure. so. Well, let me ask you something. Let me, you mind if I jump in and ask you something? Oh, yeah, no. Missouri didn't have a, <clears throat> was not one of those pilot projects in 2014, was it? Did they do a. Uh, no, they hadn't. They hadn't started doing anything with it, but uh -huh. it was really yeah. So it was it was really after the 2018 farm bill. That, okay. okay. Yeah, that, that they were able to to get moving with the 2014 was just very limited scope. But you saw universities start to come in and do and do some research, and then it was after the 2018 bill that um, we were really able to get serious about it. I got gotcha. you. Very cool. And did you you know? So your hemp aha moment was really in the space while you were doing um, medical cannabis and then saying, hey, let me learn more maybe about the plant itself. And oh, by the way, here's kind of the hemp piece. And then you, you, it sounds like you did like what a lot of us did when you started looking into it. You, I know for me, I went back and thought, come on, man, this stuff won't do all of this. I mean, there's no, what's what's the catch here? I mean, this stuff will do all of these different things. And then the by golly, the more you looked at it, you know, it really will do a lot of the, those same things. Right. It, so. Yeah. It, it's mind blowing. It, it's hard to, it's hard to conceptualize um, how one plant can, can be so versatile and, um, and, and useful in so many different areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you connected up with some folks who were already kind of in some of the um, natural uh, fiber processing world, right? And, and uh, we're already kind of doing some work in that space and then um, ended up uh, putting your first uh, go at, at um, uh, fiber processing down in Sykeston. Did I get well, that kind of right or not? So back there, there, there really wasn't anybody doing anything with it um, in Missouri, at least. And so, yeah, it was, um, I guess, in the sense that um, I started spent. So as I got really, really interested in the topic, I started trying to figure out where people were doing anything with this. And that was Canada. I mean, where it's been legal sure. since 1998, I think. And, um, you know, most of what's going on in Canada is for food. However, there are pockets of people that have been focusing on fiber. And so what I did was basically start trying to cold call 
as many people around Canada as I could, as I could find that uh. had any knowledge in the space or were doing things in the space. And, you know, at the time I would say nobody had, they haven't really advanced things that far in the fiber space uh, at scale, but there, there's a lot of people, excuse me, there's a lot of people that were um, tinkering around with it or doing things kind of on a demonstration level. Mm -hmm. um, there, there, there were some government sponsored processing centers in Canada. And so um, one nice thing is uh, I found that everyone up north was pretty friendly and, and open to sharing knowledge. And I think that one thing I've noticed, and this doesn't stop with Canada, this would apply to Europe as well, is people are paying attention to America waking up to the potential benefits of industrial hemp fiber in the US. People outside the US are paying attention to what's going on in America. And a lot of them are trying to find ways to get involved. I mean, it's kind of, I would compare it to like the sleeping giant waking up. And I think there's gonna be just an enormous amount of opportunity and potential in the space and in the United States, because we have so much acreage and we have so much innovation and technology and um, the ability to latch on to things and, and move fast with them, new ideas. And so I think that people outside the US want to be a part of that. And so with that, I have found that, you know, people that are in areas of the world that have not been under prohibition as long as we have are, are really open to collaborating and sharing ideas and information and technology in the interest of kind of getting involved with the revolution they see coming here. That's really cool. I mean, so, um, but some of your partners, and maybe I got this Bass Ackerts somewhere, but um, I recalled that uh, some of your partners there down in Sykeson had been in the natural fiber processing space before. Uh, I mean, I was, what is what I was. Yeah, I, one of my that, one of the one of my co-founders in Midwest Natural Fibers uh, has a material processing operation. Um, it, it's pretty amazing actually, um, how many synergies there are with his businesses, uh, with what we're doing here, because this, this guy's been involved with farming his whole life. He's been involved with seeds as a seed salesman to start his career. And then he got involved in a land application business where he's composting, he's taking waste streams from major corporation, composting them, and then using, uh, using the micronutrients as fertilizer, you know, touching hundreds of thousands of acres in Southeast Missouri. Um, he's got a trucking operation, but then kind of the most amazing um, synergy of his businesses is that he has a material processing plant where he imports raw coconut husk from Southern India 
and then runs it through a series of custom design um, equipment he helped design and fabricate that basically takes these coconut husks, grinds them, sizes them, screens them, and bags them. And then he sells it all over North America as organic kitty litter and animal bedding. And so as you can imagine, there's so many parallels you can draw sure. between that and what we're doing with um, hemp fiber processing. But that's kind of why you're not called Midwest hemp fibers, right? I mean, you're natural fibers because you got a myriad of different feedstocks and other things that you can kind of do. I mean, your focus is working about, obviously, is bringing the hemp piece on, but it, but, but the natural fiber world is something that has... It's not like you guys just and your team just jumped into it one Thursday and thought, oh, well, this would be cool. Let's just see if we could start something like this. I mean, you've 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 uh, you've been to the rodeo and with your partners and you've seen things and you know how to tweak stuff and you know how to go and be able to get your processing down to the and you don't you didn't start from some YouTube video. Right. <laughs> for right. Being able to start all that, right. I mean, yeah, that's a huge, that's fit. That's a huge mm-hmm. thing for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to have that um, experience and expertise uh, because it's you know, we're not you know, we're not born running uphill um, to, to the extreme degree that maybe uh, a lot are coming into the space. Um, we've got a lot of experience and knowledge um, collectively in material processing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Mm so, um, you know, every once in a while, right. We kind of hear about folks that are coming online and and doing some type of, um, hemp fiber processing of some sorts to do something. And every time I hear about it, I'm, you know, encouraged because the market, I think it just proves that the market itself is so large that, you know, no one or two groups are going to be, you know, able to keep up with the demand for a while, at least. Right. I mean, do you that, kind of see the same yeah. thing? Like, look, you know, just 100%. because uh, somebody else is doing something in the Pacific Northwest or somebody else is doing something in New England or whatever, <clears throat> it's it's kind of like um, uh, co-opetition almost. Right. I mean, that's very accurate. That's very accurate. It's a, if the, let's put it this way. If the market is what we think it is and why we're all so excited about it, then there's, there's room for a lot of winners and a lot of players in this space. And that we'll, we'll need to have that because we need massive, massive scale with the industries that we're trying to disrupt. And we're, we're, we, we don't, I mean, we're not even a drop in the bucket. And um, if you were comparing this to, like a baseball game. It's like, we're not even in the on deck circle before the first pitch of the, of the game yet. It's, it's the very, very, very beginning of all of this. And we're not even scratching the surface yet of what this can be. Um, and I do always think it's funny when I talk to people or groups and most people don't have this, but there's some people that like have this hyper competitive or kind of like secretive, um, uh, demeanor to how they're doing things. And it's just like, guys, we are not each other's, our competition is status quo. It's these huge market incumbents that we're trying to disrupt. It's not each other. We're all each other's friends and anyone, any success story is all of our success stories. The industry needs success stories badly. And, um, 
we, I couldn't agree more with what you said. We need to help each other and there's no, there's no competition um, in the industrial hemp fiber space yet. Right. Right. Not, not, and those that are, are small minded, quite frankly, and they're not understanding really about, we, we are really at the cusp of being able to grow an industry and right. yes, it's immature in a lot of spots. And there are places that there are hiccups as people kind of learn to come into industry. I think there are a lot of people, now this is me preaching, okay? But I think there are a lot of people that have been involved in industrial hemp or just in cannabis hemp, any of it for a while that are not really folks that, that they're movement people that understand the value of the plant, which is terrific. I mean, but... Now it's got to go to this next level, which is more about how do we build stuff to scale that is going to be able to empower more people to participate. Of course, for us, from the co-op perspective, that's all about how our members are going to be able to build wealth out of this. And so, that's, right. you know, so it's 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 so many opportunities for everybody to get involved in. I just really hate hearing people who um, view new capital expenditure being put into processing as some kind of uh, jealousy competition thing. We got to one up that other group. I mean, that's just, mm. we're not there yet. We're not big. No, enough. We're not no. even big enough to, to fight. You know, we don't, we don't have an industry to fight over yet. I mean, let's hope that we get there one day and then we can all, you know, pull out the knives then, <laughs> but uh it's, yeah, we, we've got to, we have to build this industry. So we have something to be competitive over. Yeah. Yep. 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 Totally agree. Totally agree. So, um, tell, tell me this and we'll, <clears throat> we'll wrap up your time, but, but, um, so for the future of what you guys are doing at Midwest, um, besides this facility that you have as your kind of your, um, uh, your bell cow, your, your, your starter facility down in Sykeston, um, you guys are looking at other places to do as well. You don't want to just stop in Sykeston, right? Correct. I mean, there's um, th there's because the, the economics of this thing really limit the geography that you can pull material into your processing center and run it and then sell it and then make a profit. You've got a, a pretty tight radius. You know, people will debate what that radius is, but certainly no more than 150 miles. Um, and so with that. Uh, I think there's room for a lot of regional processing centers. I think there's room for many, many processing centers per state even. Um, and so uh, what we're doing now is really trying to build the blueprint for how to effectively stand a processing center up, get it running, build the supply chain around it from the all the way from the genetics to the best agronomic practices and how you flow that material into the center and then float out the back end into the market. And um, we think we've done a pretty good job of that in terms yeah. of uh, establishing the framework for how you can do this in a practical, sensible manner. And it, we think it's replicatable. So um, we're, we're very interested in working with people to um, share our model and help build out scale. And we would like to have, uh, we would like to, to, to build many regional centers um, kind of dotted across the map. Awesome. 
Terrific. A good old fashioned American ingenuity and um, risk taking and um, uh, uh, stepping out and stepping up. It's what's going yeah. on. In <laughs> so that's uh, that's terrific to do. Um, that's all right. Patrick, thank you for your time, man. We really appreciate you spending some time and giving us some insight. Hope everybody remembers that we are having our field day uh, uh, sponsored by the National Hemp Growers Cooperative in uh, historic Mound Bayou, Mississippi, uh, and in the Mississippi Delta, uh, right around Cleveland, Mississippi, on the 20th and 21st of April. It is coming up, so we're going to be doing some actual show enough getting on a tractor and planting and then the next day we're going to uh, do a, a an overview of the of the hemp industry particularly about things that are going on with industrial hemp for for fiber and for grain and for food and for building materials and such as that so go back to our website at, at nationalhempcoop.us uh, and look for the big purple section there because we are partnering with Alcorn State University's um, Extension Service and they are purple and gold like the Braves of Alcorn State. So that's why we did that too. Patrick, if folks want to know more about you and know more about what Midwest is doing, what's the best way for them to, to learn more and, and to connect with you? Oh, probably, uh, probably just starting out going to our website, www.midwestnaturalfiber.com. And uh, there's quite a bit of information on there. And you can reach out at info at midwestnaturalfiber.com. And we'll, we'll be happy to connect with, uh, with anyone that wants to learn more about I our company it. or industrial hemp in general. Awesome. Man, thank you for your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Nick. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.